You are listening to the Be The Bridge podcast with Latasha Morrison. How are you guys doing today? It's exciting. Each week, Be The Bridge podcast tackles subjects related to race and culture with the goal of bringing understanding. But I'm going to do it in the spirit of love. We believe understanding can move us toward racial healing, racial equity, and racial unity. Latasha Morrison is the founder of Be The Bridge, which is an organization responding to racial brokenness and systemic injustice in our world. This podcast is an extension of our vision to make sure people are no longer conditioned by a racialized society, but grounded in truth. If you have not hit the subscribe button, please do so now. Without further ado, let's begin today's podcast. Oh, and stick around for some important information at the end. Be the Bridge community, I am always excited to bring um, special guests before you. And this is actually my first time meeting um, this special guest, but some of you may already follow her on the Instas, uh, um, and you may know of her work. Sharon McMahon is is on a mission to curate facts, fun, and inspiration by educating Americans on democracy, politics, and history. After years of serving as a high school government law teacher, um, Sharon took her passion for education to the Instagram. You hit, notice I said the Instagram. The <laughs> with the <a> mission. Instagram. <laughs> with the mission to combat political misinformation uh, with nonpartisan facts. Um, Sharon has earned a reputation as America's government teacher and quickly amassed over a million social media followers, affectionately known as governors. Um, Sharon is also the host of the top rated podcast. Here's where it gets interesting where each week she provides entertaining yet factual accounts of America's most fascinating moments and people. I love it. Mm. I am good. I'm telling you, I'm going to be one of your nerds. I love it. (laughs) So you went, you you transitioned (laughs) from teaching high school government and, and a law teacher um, and you transition and and you do this now over Instagram. What was mm-hmm. what was that about? Like what what mm. led you down that road? Mm. Well, not to put too fine a point on it, but the twenty twenty <laughs> election. Okay. <laughs> uh, may, maybe you noticed, uh, Latasha. Maybe you noticed some misinformation floating around the interwebs during that time. Yes. Yes. Uh, just yes. a little bit of it. Just a small amount. Um, and you know, like one of the things that really I just kept annoying me is how how confidently wrong so mm. many people were yes. so confident and cocky in their wrongness. Yes. Uh, and we're talking about things that are actually just objective facts. Like, right. how does the electoral college work? I'm not even asking for your yes. opinion on it. You know what I mean? <laughs> just, that's an objective fact. Here's how Here's right. how it works. Um, I started noticing so many people mm. who were confidently wrong about objective mm. facts that I mm. decided to start making some little explainer videos thinking that instead of arguing in the comments with a bunch of people, which we mm. all know are arguing with strangers on the internet is that you might as well just light light the mat, light minutes of your life on fire with right. a match, right? right. Like, that's not useful. Right. Um, 
So I I have a policy of not doing that. I'm not going to argue with strangers. But if I make some uh, little explainer videos that are easy to understand, short, simple, to the point, um, they don't name candidate names. They're not telling you who to vote for. They're not telling you, um, you uh, know, this person's good, this person's bad. Maybe somebody would find them useful and they could drop a link in, you know, a social media comment where they're like, just check this video out. This will explain how it works. Yes. So that's really the, the, the short answer is I started making little videos to combat things that all, all the chads and the brads that were confidently <laughs> wrong on the Instagrams. Yes. I mean, <laughs> I mean, confidently wrong. I mean, confidently I see it all wrong. the time. I'm like, yes. you said that with such confidence. So and much audacity. Just, just even just a Google research, even just a pausing um, you will realize that you are so <laughs> wrong. So uh, yeah. wrong. They, there was one um, guy. I had a, okay, go ahead. I was going to say there was one. There was this one guy who was like, um, when we're speaking, going back to the electoral college, he was talking about the electoral college campus, and I was like, hold up. Okay, it is not a place. There's no campus. You can't visit it. There, have you ever seen anyone standing in front of the sign that says the Electoral College? It's not a place you can go, Chad. It's not. Oh my God. But they're so confident. And it's really, mm, I bet you will understand. It gets really annoying. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I can relate in some ways because I am, um, you see, I paused before I said your name because I wanted to make sure that I pronounced it correct, mm-hmm. correctly, um, because I am notorious. And um, I had an old boss that said, he said, you, like, I would say, th- I said, yeah, the person's name is, um, is, is Shannon. And mm-hmm. everybody knows that the person's name is Sharon, but mm-hmm. I said, Shannon, and he said, you say it with such confidence that I start questioning the mm. knowledge that I have. Mm-hmm. And that's how this works in a sense. Like mm-hmm. sometimes when people are so wrong and they say it, they repeat it over, over, over and over again, which is kind of like psychological warfare, really, mm-hmm. that, that is a tactic. If I give you the wrong information and keep repeating the wrong information to you, to you over and over again, eventually you're not going to know what to believe. And so mm-hmm. that confusion allows you to believe either what I'm saying or maybe believe nothing at all, you know? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, um, and we're, I mean, we're falling for the, what I call the okie doke. Mm. You ever heard of that, Sharon? Okie doke. Mm. Tell me, tell me. I just taught you something. Let me just tell mm-hmm. you. I love when it. When I when you can't make it make sense, I just say, "Why are we falling for the okie doke?" I don't know where I got that from. I think it was from a, a little kid growing around. It's probably slang. Um, no telling where the history came from. <laughs> but I just like don't fall for the okie doke. Like don't fall for the lies, the craziness. Mm. You know, don't don't be misled. Um, that's mm. kind of like what you say. Mm-hmm, and then it's like mm-hmm. you're trying to make it make sense. So mm-hmm, and we mm-hmm. can't make it make sense. So <laughs> I will I, you know, you were um you were just talking, I know we were just talking about the Tennessee state legislature. And I think mm. there's a lot of things when it comes to government that we really don't understand. A lot of us mm-hmm. are far removed from college, a lot of us are far removed from um from high school. And um and I know what what are some of the things, and I know this is historic, but uh, why is this something we really need to pay attention to, what's happening mm. in Tennessee? Mm. I want you to repeat that again for me. Mm. Mm. 
Well, here's the thing is that um, humans are naturally predisposed to want mm-hmm. to s- seek and consolidate power for themselves, right? Yeah. Like that is yeah. something that humans uh, will naturally try to do. And mm-hmm. it, democracy requires that we guard against it, that we guard against uh, the corrupt consolidation Uh, and seeking of power. So these are the kinds of things that we all have to pay attention to. It doesn't matter if you live in Tennessee or not. I don't live there. Um, But Mm -hmm. to me, this is a very, very important moment in United States history. We we truly do stand at the precipice between, Mm. you know, where we have to decide which way will we turn? Will we turn towards democracy or away from it? Will we turn Mm. towards authoritarianism or towards democracy? And if we want to maintain our system of democracy, um, if we want a system that is uh, based on equality, if we want a system that is based on the rule of law, if we want a system that is based on um, justice, we mm-hmm. cannot afford to uh, we cannot afford to look away when things like this happen. We can't afford to just be like, you know what? Sometimes that happens. That's exactly how power continues to be corrupted mm-hmm. and consolidated. We have to yeah. hold power to account. So we yeah. all have to care about this. Yeah, yeah, that's so good, Sharon. I would love for you because you know sometimes I really as I'm out there and seeing different things. I really believe because we've gotten, we're seeing so many things that are so far from, um, de- so far from de- um, democracy, you know, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I-, I want you to redefine that, not redefine it, but define what democracy is because mm. I-, I feel like we've forgotten because I mean, there's some things that, that has happened in our country um, especially, you know, just as recent as um, everything, the insurrection in, on, on January 6th. Mm-hmm. Um, I want I would love for you just to explain uh, what does this democracy mean? Um, mm. And what does it mean to each you and I, you know? Mm. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, democracy, here's the thing. Maybe you've heard this before, but people tell this to me all the time. We don't have a democracy. We have a constitutional republic. I hear people say that all of the time, right? And Mm -hmm. just to kind of get that this part out of the way, a constitutional republic is a structure of government that by definition is democratic, You cannot Mm -hmm. have a constitutional republic without democracy. And that is because a democracy in the the original Greek is just a government of the people. That is Mm -hmm. the foundation of what democracy means. Now, if you start thinking about the principles of democracy, which is something that I think is uh, very important for Americans to sort of absorb, hide in their hearts, because to me, understanding the principles of democracy allow you to be an educated voter. They allow you Mm -hmm. to be um, an educated consumer. We need to know what these things are. So, just to make it very, very, uh, you know, simple and easy to remember. One of the things that I think is, you know, like I I try to break it down to like five different things. The first one is fair and free elections and the peaceful Mm -hmm. transfer of power. The peaceful transfer of power is unique to democracies. You know, think about Mm -hmm. like, you know, King's they didn't. How did you get a different king? Well, you killed yeah. the, the other one, 
right? Okay. You, know, you just okay. like you, you seized power. You seized uh-huh. power. In a mm-hmm. democracy, there is no seizure of power. There is a peaceful transfer of power. If you want to be in mm-hmm. power, you have to win. You have to win a fair and free election. The second mm-hmm. thing I think is important to remember is protection of civil rights. Civil mm-hmm. rights are guaranteed to people in our democracy. They're protected by mm-hmm. the Constitution. They're protected by other federal laws. And examples of civil rights are things like the right to be free from unlawful discrimination, the right mm-hmm. to vote. Uh, so protection of civil rights, even if they are not your civil rights, are a mm-hmm. very important component of democracy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that civil rights are protected for everyone. They are not protected mm-hmm. just for people who are part of the dominant group. The third right. thing is equality of persons. That's a fancy way of just saying e- equality. People are equal, and we have mm-hmm. the rule of law. We do not have a group that is above the law. We do not mm-hmm. have a group where, well, the leaders don't have to follow the laws, but everybody else does. If you think about mm-hmm. fascist systems, leaders don't have to follow the laws, everyone else does. In mm. a democracy, we do not have some citizens that have to follow the laws and some citizens that don't. Everyone does, including the leaders. So mm-hmm. holding leaders to account, holding power to account is an important part of a uh, a well-functioning democracy. And I know mm-hmm. people are going to listen to this and be like, but we don't do that perfectly. We don't do it perfectly. We absolutely right. do not. These are just the bedrock principles to which we should aspire, right? Mm-hmm. So the fourth, the fourth thing is consent of the governed and limited government. There are things the government cannot do, that it does not have the power to do. And the government exists because, again, the power of the government comes from the people. So Mm -hmm. we think about um, limited government, uh, meaning that there are things that that the government is prohibited by law from restricting. We think about things mm. like um, they're prohibited by law from restricting your freedom of religion. Mm. Uh, the, the government is limited. Think back to um, England, where when, uh, when uh, the monarch changed, the religion mm-hmm. of the country had to change. It was Protestant, wow. Catholic, Protestant, Catholic. Mm-hmm. You, you had to align with the monarch. A limited government does not allow the government to make those kinds of rules about, mm-hmm. you know, uh, religion is just one example of many. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing is checks and balances and the separation of powers. This speaks to this I think that I was just talking about that the humans naturally seek to want to consolidate power. They naturally mm. seek to want to gain power for themselves. Humans are naturally kind of selfish. Uh, and on the other side, humans can be amazing and unselfish. But we all know this natural human tendency of like absolute power mm-hmm. corrupts absolutely. So mm-hmm. um, that those checks and balances and separation of powers keeps power from being consolidated in the hands of a despot, consolidated mm-hmm. in the hands of somebody who wants to rule the country with a tyrannical iron fist. So we spread mm-hmm. power out so one person does not become an authoritarian dictator. So those are sort of my 
um, you know, high level principles of democracy, that we have equality, we have fair and free elections, we have um, the rule of law, we have a peaceful transfer of power, we have things like uh, separation of power, checks and balances, and limited government. Right. So good. Thank you so much. Mm, you took us to mm. school. And this is why um, those things that, that this is a part of a, a, a democracy. And I, as an African-American, am part of that democracy. That's and right. so this is why we've had to have the civil rights movement and, right. you know, and, and amendments to um, our Constitution to be inclusive of persons of color. Um, and, and specifically me as an African-American speaking um, to that. And I was just watching, there's this documentary called Lowndes County. And mm. uh, I don't know if you've seen it. It's on, um, it's either on Hulu or Prime, um, on one of those streaming channels. But it's, it, it talks about there's this county in Alabama that after the Voting Rights Act was passed, um, there are still communities, especially rural communities in the South, who still did not allow people um, to vote or they would discourage you from voting because if you worked on their farm, if you were a sharecropper, um, they it was like a form of oppression that you would not vote. Or if you voted, you had to vote for, um, you know, their candidate or you couldn't also run for office. And so mm-hmm. Lowndes County is really, um, really about how... Um, when you say black power came into be where, where that movement started there that we don't hear about. And so as mm-hmm. I'm, I'm listening to you and as you explain this, um, you know, a lot of us, when we, when we, when we see that it's not happening, what is our role? What are things that we can do um, mm-hmm. to be heard? I see like, you know, I'm looking at historically, you know, people have marched, um, people have organized, you know, there, but I think what is happening, even in our community, as I'm talking to different Be The Bridge leaders across the country, they are sometimes they get so fearful that they're stuck. And there are a lot Mm. of people that are listening now. They see this or either they're in denial um, that what they're seeing, it couldn't be because we can, you know, we can kind of be deflecting because of um, um, our denial Um, What can people do to really make sure that mistakes that we um, that we make uh, will not have grave um, consequences over the years? I look back Mm. and I see that throughout our country where we've done that. You know, I think Mm -hmm. about the Hayes Compromise. That Mm -hmm. was a grave mistake for Mm -hmm. our country, you know. Mm Um, It set us back so many years. No telling where we can be in 2023 if that Mm -hmm. decision had not been made. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But what are some things? Let's motivate people. I want to see people move. I want to see people like give us some marching orders. What can we Mm. do to make our voices Mm. heard Mm. and not just be reactive, but proactive and not just waiting for something to happen before we get in a, a you know, uh, mm. before we move. Mm, totally. I love this question because uh, the answer is that there are many things that we can do. And I uh-huh. want to encourage people to think about that not all of us are meant to do the same thing. And Very so when good. we think about how 
big the problems are. They mm-hmm. seem overwhelming and they get and we we feel stuck by like I can't fix poverty. Like, how am I supposed to right. sit here and just, like, fix poverty? That's too right. big of a problem, right? Right. I, I can't fix that entire thing. So we then tend to do nothing. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I want people to think of is, it. number one, if the problem seems too big and you feel overwhelmed, you need to make the problem smaller. You need to yes. uh, bring the problem down to a, a level that you feel uh, that you can do even one thing about. If I can show up in one way, uh, think about what can I do for one person that I wish that I could do for everybody? Or what can I do for one organization that I wish that Mm -hmm. I could do for everybody? So make the problem smaller. Start with your local community. Uh, Mm -hmm. Don't try to get out there and be like, me alone, I'm fixing poverty because you are going (laughs) to fail and then you're going to give up. And nobody, you're going to just like, you're going to make no positive change in the world. So that's the first thing. It is, it is absolutely uh, not just expected, but it is desirable that we should all use our own gifts in different ways as part of Mm. this movement. Some of us are gifted speakers. Some of us are gifted writers. Some of us are good at organization. Some of us are great at baking cookies to keep people fed. Some of us Mm -hmm. are really, really, we have tons of money. Some of us are, have huge social media platforms. So we Mm -hmm. all have a different role and that is, Mm -hmm. they are all, we are all needed. So don't Mm -hmm. feel like because I'm not as good as that person, I can, I shouldn't take part. I'm not as good a writer as Latasha is. I don't, I can't possibly lend my voice. Um, All of Mm -hmm. our voices are needed. So all that to say, don't get bogged down in the problem being too big and other people being better at it than you are. We need all, we need all of us to uh, move things, move the ball down the field, so to speak. So the first thing I would say to people is um, becoming educated on this topic Mm. is is the foundation of being able to take action on it. If you are Mm -hmm. a heart surgeon, you have to know the intricacies of the human heart so well before you can operate on it. Right before you can make any mm-hmm. changes to it, you have to know it inside and out. So, first of all, educating ourselves so that we know what the ideals are inside and out, and we can easily recognize when there is a problem. That's what you know a physician is able to do. They're able to say this heart's not working properly, and here's why because they know mm-hmm. it so intricately. So, educating ourselves on the principles of democracy, I think, are an important thing. The second thing is being willing to let go of uh, partisanship when it comes to Mm -hmm. things like democracy. A lot of times people become very wedded with to this idea that I am, uh, you know, a a blue voter, I'm a red voter. And in Mm -hmm. reality, if we don't have democracy, it doesn't matter what letter is behind somebody's name. It does not matter if that person feels the same as you do on abortion. It does not matter if we don't have democracy. So the principles Mm. of democracy must come before any party allegiance, any allegiance to a candidate, any allegiance to a preferred policy. The highest allegiance must be to democracy. 
democracy itself when it comes to politics in the United States. Mm. Uh, and if we have a candidate who is, you know, saying the things we want to hear, but is does not uphold the principles of democracy that I just laid out mm. for us, um, then they are not a candidate that is worthy of leadership in this country. Mm. So educating ourselves and voting for people to, for whom democracy is a very high priority. It, those are also key things that we can do. Um, but speaking to some, you know, non non uh, political things, you know, it's we seem yeah. it seems very overwhelming to think about. Like, but I called my representative and nothing <laughs> happened. Right? Like, I called <laughs> right, and right. nothing happened. Um, right. You know, I was recently. I was recently in Washington, D.C. for the State of the Union, and I visited a number of uh, con congressional offices. And I asked everybody that worked in those offices, how many calls and letters does it take for you to feel like, dang, people care about this issue? You know, like mm -hmm. what what's the threshold for you to start feeling like, hmm, I don't we got some we got some pushback on this topic. Right. Um, all of them said somewhere in the neighborhood of if we got 200 calls or letters about, on something, that would be like an emergency crisis about, about that mm -hmm. topic. And I was like, you mean to tell me that 200 people, that's the threshold for lighting a fire under you? Wow. It's 200 people? Um, and, you know, like in a short period of time, like we can come up with 200 people, right? Like we can, we can come up with 200 people mm. just by posting about it on social media, talking about it in our schools or churches or clubs or wherever we know people. Um, the people that we know, we know 200 people. We can, we can create systemic change with enough people being willing to um, call mm -hmm. and email and write to the people that represent them in Congress. So 200 people to me is a very eye-opening number. Now, it doesn't mean mm. that that one person in Congress or one person in your legislature is going to unilaterally be able to swoop in and be like, I fixed it. You know right. what I mean? Right. Um, yeah. But that number of people multiplied around the country, that is a tiny number of, of Americans, actually. That's a mm -hmm. tiny number of Americans creating a huge amount of systemic change. So mm. you think, again, stop thinking about the problem as this problem that is insurmountable and start thinking about, like, what is the next thing I can do? Can I, me and my friends, mobilize 200 people to call this individual? You probably mm -hmm. can. You probably can. Um, so that's another, another option. But the other thing that I think is really important to do is to continue mm -hmm. your own individual advocacy for things. Because okay, even yeah. if you feel like nothing is happening, even if you feel like I called, I wrote, I voted, I ran for office, I donated money. Even if you feel like I have done all of the things, you mm -hmm. we hopelessness in uh in this top in this topic of um, equality, hopelessness in mm -hmm. this topic of um, um, uh, amending some of the, the uh, writing some of the wrongs in this country. Hopelessness mm -hmm. is an option we cannot afford. Mm -hmm. 
We cannot afford mm. to be hopeless. Uh, we must yeah, maintain so hope in the face yes. of adversity. We must maintain hope in the face of insurmountable obstacles because mm. otherwise nothing will change. Most of the civil rights movement, Latasha, we're talking yeah. about women. We're talking about mm-hmm. teenagers. We are talking about yes. church secretaries. We are talking about mm-hmm. people, many of whom did not finish high school, who yep. kept going, who kept mm-hmm. going no matter the obstacles. And mm. we have that exact same ability, and we have far more tools now than they mm-hmm. did 60 years ago. We have far yeah. more resources, more tools. We can keep going just like our ancestors kept going in the face of incredible odds. And it is the only way that change will happen, is we have to just decide. I don't have the luxury of being hopeless. I do not that is a mm. price that I cannot pay. I will, you know, like Brian Stevenson says, hope is not a feeling. It is an orientation of the spirit. It mm. is an orientation of the spirit that we mm-hmm. can, must choose to remain hopeful in the face of incredible odds. So to me, yeah. it is always thinking about, you know, all of those things and always realizing that we each have our own unique individual place in this tapestry and embracing Mm -hmm. what yours is. It's not your problem to fix alone, but it doesn't mean you get to do nothing. Yeah. So good. You're like all in our be the bridge talk. I mean, this is the things that we say all the time. Do your part. It's not the whole part. Uh, We're only a part of the solution. And I think Mm -hmm. even when I recount the story of starting Be the Bridge, it was like this problem was so overwhelming for me. You know, when you start talking about um, justice and you start talking about the history of that and and where Mm -hmm. this goes back to, I couldn't even get my head around it. But my commitment was I'm going to do the things that I know to do. Are the things right. that I can do, That's and right. those were have conversations and just looking at my what people say your Judea, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know your community started there, and then and being committing to that and being faithful to that. Um, these are the this is the fruit that we're looking at now, you know, mm-hmm. having mm-hmm. Um, be the bridge groups and in every state, you know, some type of engagement in every Mm -hmm. state in our, in our country and also, um, you know, internationally. Mm, Now, if I would have start out, started out saying, okay, I'm going to do this, you know, in every state, I would have stopped because I didn't have the tools to do that. I didn't, I didn't have the tools to do it. Um, But connecting with other people and other tools and other resources um, allow it to grow, you know? So Mm -hmm. what, what you're Mm -hmm. saying, you guys do not miss what she's saying because I see, I hear so many people that are getting overwhelmed and Mm -hmm. so they're getting stuck or they're paralyzed to this point where they're not doing anything Mm -hmm. and -hmm. and we can't afford not to do anything. Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. um, this is just, just so good. And and I love Mm -hmm. how you talk about principle over party, you know, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. some of the things I'm thinking like, I don't care who's most of this stuff, you know, you start talking about green and green and uh, look, I can't even say the uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> blue and red, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying like green, whatever affiliation or party you're affiliated with, 
those things are meaningless at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. They are. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, 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 it's going to burn. And so, mm-hmm. um, and so really making sure that principle over party is mm-hmm. one of an important model, mm-hmm. um, um, for you. Um, now mm-hmm. one of the things in our organization, and I don't know how much you know about Be the Bridge. I don't know if you've read the book, but we value, um, truth mm-hmm. and truth is like, I mean, it, it has become um, watered down in, in a lot of ways. And we mm. know that the work that we do is is, is grounded in truth. Um, but there's, it seems like a lot of people cannot, um, in, in this country, can't agree what the truth of our country is. Mm-hmm. Um, the truth of live, live the spirits of a person of color. Um, so maybe we can talk a little bit about, um, you know, when we start talking about the banning of books, like there's, um, I'm not going to get into details of like all the books that are being banned, but there's just a couple that just caught my eye and I'm like, wow. Um, mm-hmm. the Ruby Bridges one that just, mm-hmm. um, you know, the movie, the book, um, cast, um, just some of the ones that really relate to our racial history here. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. those are the things that it's like, what? why are we doing this? You know, why do you think people are afraid of children learning, um, you know, hard things? And then why do mm. they think all of these things are just going to come from a library when we have access to all of this online? Mm. Um, but I know the first introduction, it depends <laughs> on where you live. Mm-hmm. Everybody doesn't have the same resources. So that first introduction sometimes, you know, is at school. But I, I remember mm-hmm. growing up, this is not in North Carolina, um, we didn't really learn um, um, Amer- full American history. And I want to say full mm-hmm. American history because uh, Black history is American history. Yes, Indigenous is. history is, is right. American history, you know. Um, so anyway, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, tot- I totally agree. I didn't grow up learn- in northern Minnesota. Uh, you know, we we had a couple lessons in February, you know, like we may be like, oh, let's talk about Booker mm-hmm. T. Washington. You know, like maybe there were a couple little extra things, but it was mostly about George Washington. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, like that's I totally agree with you that um, mm-hmm. I had that experience as well, that I was not taught um, the full breadth of American history mm-hmm. uh, until I became an adult. And I think that's a very common okay. experience in the United States today. The good news is mm-hmm. we can become educated on this. And I think there mm-hmm. is a strong movement um, in your community, in my community, where we want our children to grow up better than we have. Mm. We don't want to be a 34-year-old adult where you're like, what? Mm. I have never heard of Ida B. Wells before. You know, like, I know, right? You don't, you don't <laughs> want to be that person, right? You want your kids mm-hmm. to grow up knowing the truth. Um, so I I do think that, I mean, first, first of all, there is a long history in the United States of trying to ban books. That is not a yeah. that is not a new thing. Um, and right. It has never been on the right side of history. Movements Mm. to ban books has never been on the right side of history. It has always been associated with dictators, uh, with white supremacists. It has always been associated with Nazis. It has always been associated with segregationists. There has never been a time that we can point to where we're like, that was a really smart move and it made things better. 
Mm. Right? So historically speaking, banning books has never worked out on the best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. <laughs> so it's never worked out. Um, the idea, first of all, there are going to be books that have ideas that you don't like. I promise you, there right. already are. They right. are. There already are. Uh, there are already books that I'm like, I do not know about that. And that is, right. uh, you know what I mean? Like, that's not right. unusual. Uh, right. Welcome to living in a democracy. So right. that is the idea, though, that uh, some things must be kept hidden from our children. That is the idea that is very, very problematic. It's not that the mm. children will never encounter something that they disagree with. They will. They will encounter something dis- they disagree with. But the idea that, first of all, children cannot uh, absorb complicated or difficult things is patently false. Uh, it is a very privileged take on the world that mm. children must be, uh, we must protect them from things that are difficult. We don't want them to think about things that are difficult. Uh, that is mm-hmm. a privilege that o- that has only been afforded to certain groups Right. Mm. Other groups have never had the luxury of saying the children can't know about hard things. Mm. So Mm. that is, first of all, the idea that children have to be kept from knowing the reality of history is a just is rooted in privilege. We have to understand that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Secondly, uh, children actually are capable of understanding Mm -hmm. uh, age appropriate challenging concepts. No, first of all, let's just put it on the table. Nobody is saying, get your kids a subscription to Playboy. Nobody's advocating Mm -hmm. for that, right? Like that's not on the table here. Uh, We're talking about teaching, um, teaching about real Americans, real events, things that actually happened. These are things Mm -hmm. that children are made better by Mm -hmm. wrestling with. You cannot mm. learn crit- critical thinking without being confronted with ideas you disagree with. There's no mm. critical thinking in hearing the same something you already believe. There's no critical thinking right. involved in that. You are mm-hmm. just parroting back uh, what you mm-hmm. already what you already think. If you want to raise critical thinkers, they have to be confronted with difficult things, difficult mm. moral dilemmas, difficult events from the past. That actually improves their ability to think critically, to be empathetic to others, to understand their the impact of actions throughout the world. If when we do X, this is what's happened in the past. We can't do X again. Uh, trying to hide those kinds of things mm-hmm. from children uh, only has a detrimental effect. I have talked to so many people, and when I say so many, I mean hundreds of people who grow up to be adults, who realize, like, I have never learned any of this stuff, who feel mm-hmm. robbed, who feel lied to, who feel cheated. Mm-hmm. And it has not made them better to not know the full account of American history. Mm, Chil- right. Children are more capable than we realize. And there are yeah. many, many benefits to learning the truth. And yeah. no benefits to learning lies. No benefits. No benefits. No benefits. No benefits. If you've been enjoying 
and learning from the Be The Bridge podcast. We invite you to join us in this work. You can support and sustain our mission as a recurring partner at bethebridge.com forward slash give. You can also help spread this word of bridge building by supporting and really sporting our apparel. So if you haven't gotten your Be The Bridge hat, sweatshirt, all of the things, let's take the message to the street. Visit our online store at shop.bethebridge.com and make sure we're spreading the word about all the work that Be The Bridge is doing and will do. At Be The Bridge, we're doing the work to empower people and culture toward racial healing, racial equity, and racial reconciliation. And this work is only possible because of the generosity of bridge builders like you. So thank you so much for those of you who are listening and sharing our podcast, sharing our polls, those of you who are giving to this work um, that's helping us create resources and material um, that will transform hearts. Um, So join us at bethebridge.com forward slash give and let's continue to build bridges together. Thank you so much. And I, and I think it stokes fear, you know, um, and one of the things that I've seen in just all the trainings that we do and the talks that we we do, um, you know, if I had, um, you know, five dollars for every time someone said, I never knew that or I wish mm-hmm, I had mm-hmm. known that mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. it gives the truth, gives people context to mm-hmm. a lot of the gaps and the brokenness, you know, mm-hmm. and it helps it make sense to them. Like, Oh my goodness. And, um, and just when you look on the, the, the faces of people, um, regardless of, you know, if this is a person of color or a white person, it's like, I knew I wasn't crazy or I'm so glad I know this. And I, I will totally. never forget a 80. She, she was in her 80s. She came up to me. And she caught my attention. She was in this training. She caught my attention because she had a cell phone. She had an Apple cell phone and she was like doing something on it. And I was just like impressed. Like I want to be her, you know, mm-hmm. at 80. And um, she came up to me at the end of the class and she grabbed my hand and I didn't know what was going to happen. So many things went through my head. I was like, what if she hits me? What is she, you know, like, <laughs> what am I going to do? Like, I'm telling you, I think like this, that this is, I think like this. And she grabbed my hand and she said, thank you. And she said, thank you for telling me this. I, I, I wish I would have known. Mm-hmm. And she was just really passionate about this. She was, she was saying things that she heard she had never heard. And it makes so much sense where she had been disconnected. Of course, living in homogenous circles and communities, there was just mm-hmm. information and context she was, she was missing. Mm-hmm. And um mm-hmm. and 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 her knowing this information was going to make her better because totally. of it. Yes, yes. You know? It doesn't mean here's the thing about knowing the truth of history. You you you're not gonna like it. <laughs> okay, let me just tell you right now. There are some good stories. There's some touching stories. There's some cats rescued by a firefighter. You know, like sure, those things happened. But by right. and large, you you are not gonna like it. But you are going to be glad that you know it. You are going to be mm. better for having learned it. I, yeah. I don't know anybody who 
who has studied these topics in depth, who's like, gee, I sure am sorry I know the truth. I've never had those words uh, spoken to me. I'm sure I'm sorry I learned the truth. No, you can't build pride on a lie. Right, like if we want to be proud of our country, if we want to be, mm-hmm. uh, you know, proud to be Americans, that can't be predicated on a lie. We need mm. to know the truth so that we can actually right. build from here. So yeah. knowing the truth is is important. And yeah. you know, when you look at the list of books that are getting banned in in school libraries, some of them seem so innocuous. It's like, who is Michelle Obama? You know, it's just yeah. like a little a little children's biography for like a fourth grader. Do you know what I mean? It, there's no there's no subverse. There's no like overthrow the government kind of messages yeah. in this book. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like, yeah. It, it, who is Sonia Sotomayor? These are actually two books that were actually both banned. She is a Hispanic Supreme Court justice. Like that's that's a yeah. person that we sh- we all should know who that is, right? Yeah. These are little children's biographical books that are being banned for Lord only knows what reason. Um, yeah. But. It, well, it's, we know it's what short-sighted. reason. <laughs> we know what reason. We know what and reason, I, yeah, but I don't know and, what reason they <laughs> use to justify it. Like, yeah, what is yeah. your reason you're going with? Here? Yes, yes. Yeah. And I and I will say the reason the reason is racism. You know, mm. we're creating this system um, because if you're not banning all the books by the Supreme Court judges, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you're only banning the ones where people of color that's Mm -hmm. i mean it's just so overt right now you know Mm -hmm. before you know we talk about racism it was more covert but it's like you're i mean just i was just listening to a clip of something that was on a news station and it was this rant and it was like laced in racism it was like it was like a comment that was made back in the 50s and Mm -hmm. people are ignoring it You know, um, Mm -hmm. I've seen it like I've seen people, you know, um, these things get uh, um, ignored, um, you know, where someone said this, this person gets dropped from every newspaper and Mm. someone else tweeted it out and said, I don't see a lie in what this person said. And, you know, and the government is still doing business with this person. (laughs) And I'm just Mm. like. You know, mm-hmm. and, and, and mm-hmm. I take it personal because a lot of a lot of it is um, attacks on, on my community. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I, I saw, and I know we're going to have to wrap up in a little bit, but I wanted to hear you said after uh, a white supremacist terror attack at the grocery store in Buffalo last year, uh, it's mm-hmm. so much has happened. You know, we've had so many um, violent attacks in our country that some things feel like it happened five years ago when it just happened last year. I know. Buffalo seems so distant. Mm-hmm. Um, that that poor community, there's so much that has happened there, even mm-hmm. just this year along with the snowstorms and everything. Mm-hmm. But you, you in the post, you said, I don't care which political party you belong to. It is your job to reject racism in your party. That's right. And you say anti-racism is something we all have to commit to doing. And mm-hmm. I agree. Like it's 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 like this veil has been um uncovered and it's like it's almost in trend to be racist again. Where mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. there was like some shame to it. Mm-hmm. And um and and before where you know 
fighting racism and discrimination was more of a bipartisan thing. Now you can see the split straight down, you know, party lines. And I don't care where, what party you belong to. Um, it is your responsibility to reject it and, mm-hmm. um, and to commit to it. Why, why, why do you feel so passionate about that? And why do you know that that is the right thing for all Americans to do? Mm. Well, first of all, um, racism is wrong, right? So it's wrong. So it's morally wrong. So it should be your job to uh, reject morally wrong things from your political Mm. party. If it's not your Mm. job to reject the morally wrong things from your political party, whose job is it? Like, it's your party, right? (laughs) Right. You you picked it. (laughs) Right. <laughs> it, it is right. your job. Right. Uh, right. So it, it is your job. Um, secondly, mm-hmm. this is this is you know an example of how um, s- the uh, the need to fix something is mm. our collective responsibility. I cannot mm. be on this podcast and and be like, well, I fixed it. I fixed the racism. You know what I mean? Like maybe somebody will have a little change of heart, but I, I we're not going to end this today and be like, well, it's been fixed. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right, this right, is, this right. is not a, this is not yeah. just my job. It's not just your job. We're out here doing, uh, you know, we're working hard on it. But this, right. the idea that this is all of our job, this is our collective mm. responsibility um, so that we must all commit to. It yeah. ra- be, racism has never led us to a destination worth going mm. to. It has never led us to a destination Say worth it going again to. For the people in the back, <laughs> never. It's not taking us anywhere we want to go. It's not cute. It's not pretty. There's not a picnic area. There is literally nothing there worth visiting, and we mm. all have to collectively be like, we are not going there. We're not going there. We're not going on that journey. That's It's just a no from me. Level 10 out of 10, it's not happening. So this idea that sometimes racism is okay, sometimes, you know, like, oh, well, we don't want to rock the boat too much. Um, that tends to be a, a feeling that people feel like, oh, I don't want to get attacked. I don't want to get attacked mm. if I say something. Um, mm. Guess what? You are going to get attacked. It, you are. Exactly. You will be attacked. You will. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it has happened to me every time I've posted about it. I've gotten attacked. Doesn't matter what right. I say, how nicely I say it. People are going to say something to you. Say it anyway. Say it anyway. Mm. Lay your head on yeah. the pillow at night, knowing that you did right. Uh, yes. And if somebody attacked you for doing right, then you can go to sleep with a clear conscience. Right, yeah. you can go to sleep knowing that you did right and the other person did wrong. Yeah. It's just never; it has never been a good idea, and it remains yeah. not a good idea. <laughs> and yeah. It, yeah. it is. It's a little, you know, the that post that I put up about Buffalo, about the the Buffalo mass shooter. He had, you know, sort of this manifesto that he where he was talking about replacement yeah. theory. That there are mm-hmm. people of color coming to replace uh, the rightful Americans, and I'm saying that in air quotes, the rightful <laughs> Americans. Right. I literally earlier today, Latasha, saw somebody mm. on Twitter, a video of a legislator, I believe it was the state of Kansas, it was either Kansas or Nebraska, talking about how 
um, this state has not had any population growth except for all of the immigrants that are moving here. All of the, you know, he was essentially saying all of the brown people that are moving here. The white people's population has not been growing. And that's exactly what replacement theory looks like, that the white people are being replaced, again, air quotes, by people of color. Uh, Mm. That's that. He's not going to go on TV and say like, hello, I'm here to speak to you about replacement yeah. theory, right? You know, right, like it's coded. Right, right. And once you learn the code, you will recognize yeah. it wherever it is. Um, yeah. So this this idea that people from um, certain countries that other, you know, some politicians refer to it by negative names. I won't repeat on this podcast. I'm sure you can figure out what they are. Um, the idea that some people are valuable and other people are less valuable. Right, right, right. Is re- replacement theory. And that we should encourage right. the valuable people to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's an idea that we have to just reject outright. Yeah, it has never yeah. led us anywhere we want to go. Yeah. Because even someone's definition of who's valuable, who's not, you know, history always gives an account. And and as we say in this work, history keeps receipts. And mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of history that's not going to be favorable to people um, of things that you're going to want. Um, you're not going to want kids to learn about in history because we have a, a record account uh, more so mm-hmm. now than we did then of mm-hmm. things that are being said, things that are being posted, tweeted, written about, books that are being written. Like people are saying these things boldly now and mm-hmm. it's contributing to um, things like, you know, this um mass shooter, murderer in Buffalo, you know, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. it's contributing to those ideologies. And some of these ideologies are not just, um, you know, uh, in, in, in a person like him that's considered a white supremacist, but these things are in some of the highest places of governments where they're saying the exact same things, holding political office, saying the exact same thing, but saying it not with a gun in hand, but with the suit on. Mm-hmm. And with you a know, microphone, and, and, with a microphone, and with a microphone, microphone, you know. And I think you know a lot of people who are listening now, they're overwhelmed with what's what's happening in politics. You know, every um, I always tell people, listen, um, the work that we do is about politics because politics is about people. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't have to be partisan. Uh, we're making it partisan. Um, it should be bipartisan. Um, but the work that we do, politics are about people. And I and I and I hear this a lot where people are always saying, you know, we just you know, we don't want to get political. We don't get it get political. And I'm like, everything that have been done has been done to people of color in this country has been done politically. It's been mm-hmm. done through policy. So the undoing of that also will have to come through policy, you mm-hmm. know? And mm-hmm. I, I I would hope it could be bipartisan, uh, but that is not something that we're seeing the fruit of um, in this very tenuous time in our in, in, within our country. And so there mm-hmm. are people that are just overwhelmed. Um, re- they really want to give up, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say, uh, what encouragement would you have for our Be The Bridge community um, when they hear things like this. I think people Mm. were a little encouraged 
to see these young men uh, being able to um, stand firm um, in their uh, belief systems mm-hmm. um, and, in, and and making it about people that happen in Tennessee. And we know that there are people like that all over this country. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think people were inspired by mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what are some encouragements that you have and um, mm-hmm. steps to take for the Be The Bridge community? Mm-hmm. I always, this sometimes when I feel overwhelmed and I I bet you can relate to this, right? Like sometimes you're like, I just don't know if I can keep doing this. I just do not know. Um, It it can be a lot. You're like, who am I Mm -hmm. to do this? Um, I, this, you know, this sort of refrain echoes in my mind sometimes, which is that it's not the equipped that are called. The people mm. who are called are equipped. Yes. And mm-hmm. and the people who are called are all of us, right? Mm. And we, right. we can and will be equipped to do this work. It is mm-hmm. not the people who are equipped that are being called. It is the called who will be equipped. Mm. So, and there are ways that we can equip ourselves. Um, we've talked about mm. some of them on this show today. But I keep mm-hmm. just keep, keep reminding yourself of that, that, yeah. it, that you do not need to be equipped today. Your capacity today might be really small. Your capacity mm. today might be uh, ca- calling a friend and saying, the world's been heavy lately. I wanted to check in on you. How are you doing? Right. You, right. That, that might be your capacity today. But as you become more equipped, your capacity can increase incrementally. It's just like you were saying, Latasha, if you had said, well, you're going to have people on every single state, you'd be like, well, I don't know. I don't right. know if I can do it. You know, time like, I quit. Yeah, yeah. It, that's too much. I'm not trying yeah, to, yeah. that's too much. Um, yeah. But you, you didn't start this journey with this idea of like, well, I'm equipped. I got all the answers. You were caught. And your capacity has increased as you have become more and more equipped to do this work. Your capacity can increase as you learn Mm. and as you change and as you grow and as you mature and as you meet more people and as you realize, well, that didn't work. I'm going to try this other thing. Your capacity will is not a static thing. It can grow and it can become Mm. um, bigger than you ever imagined. Again, Mm. going back to the leaders of the civil rights movement, they did not come out of their mother's womb being like, well, I am called, you know, I'm equipped. I got it. No, they had a calling and they became equipped as they lived out their calling. Right? Mm. They did not learn how to do these things as tiny children. No one was educating them on how to make massive political change in the United States because it had never been done before. They had to invent Mm. it, right? They had to invent it. They were called. And then Mm. they became equipped as they lived out their calling. So do not feel discouraged if your capacity today is small. Mm. 
we will mm. use whatever your capacity is. Maybe you just gave birth to twin babies and you're like, I slept one mm-hmm. hour last night. My capacity is really, really small. That is okay. Your capacity will change as those babies get bigger. And you can start taking your children to events and you can start teaching your children. Yeah. And your ability and your capacity will grow. So start yeah. where you are and realize you don't actually need to be equipped. You have been called and your capacity will increase as you do the work. Yeah. And I can I can say I'm a living witness of that, you know, mm-hmm. um, and so many others um, that are, you know, doing this work, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. we're doing our small portion of it. There's a lot of ways to do this work. Um, this is only one way and there's no right. right way, you know. And mm-hmm. so I think um you know, the thing is, we always tell people is to do something. I say, if you have breath in your body, you can mm-hmm. do something. something. And yes, yeah, something. That's and right. um, and you can start somewhere, you know, mm-hmm. start somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and we always tell people, start with yourself and then start with your family. Start with your community and just kind of work mm-hmm. your 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 way out. Just take it like one step at a time, one step at mm-hmm. a time. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But just make sure you're not sitting on the sidelines because right. we are um, moving this ship. We're going to move mm-hmm. this ship. We're not giving mm-hmm. up. And, um, you know, how I think I heard one of the young men said, you, you woke in a sleeping giant, you know. Mm-hmm. But listen, let me tell you, none of us have been asleep. <laughs> You know, uh, we uh, the writing has been on the wall for some time. And I think it's um, some of the tears that people cried um, um, back in 2015 and 2016 that we, we saw a shift coming. And mm-hmm. so uh, we're dealing with that. And so uh, what, as we close now, what is something, uh, I like to uh, to ask this question, what is something, Sharon, that's giving you hope right now? What is something that's Mm. giving you hope? And then also, what is something that's bringing you joy? Mm, mm. You know, one of the things that always brings me hope is learning about history. Mm. Uh, There are so many, of course, there's terrible events that have happened in history, but there is, you know, a great cloud of witnesses of people who have done and overcome extraordinary things that are waiting for us to be, uh, you know, as our community that we can look to. If we don't have Mm. the community uh, in our own lives and in our own organizations, there is no shortage of people who have done extraordinary things in history. And I read their stories and I am just like, dang, I don't even know if I have that amount of courage. I don't know if I have that courage. And it gives me hope that there are people who have uh, done more, risen farther, been more courageous Mm. than any opportunity I've ever been given to be a part of. So Mm. history brings me hope because um, Mm. I see exactly how uh, how much of a difference a single individual can make. Yeah, so yeah. I I love That's that. That's so I love, good. Mm, I love reading about how how one person ca- has impacted uh, the mm. world. So, yeah. uh, and one thing that is bringing me joy, uh, I oh, of course, 
Um, I always have joy in my own children and my own dogs and my own, you know, little house in the woods. You know, like those are always things Uh that uh, make me happy. Um, But one of the things that brings me joy on a regular basis is the governor community. I love seeing people whose first response is, how can we help? What can we do? Mm. Where can we donate? Who should we call? Um, You know, like seeing the motivation of, uh, you know, over a million people who are like, I am Mm. going to be the change. That to Mm. me, it brings me joy. It brings me joy to see um, how many people actually want to uh, be part of the solution uh, and to Mm. show up uh, and to do the work and to be and to be the bridge. I love it. Yeah, I love Mm. it. I love Mm. it. And we uh, are an equipping organization, um, just like yourself. You're equipping Mm. people um, Mm. with context, with history, with facts, Mm. with knowledge that's going to bring about change. And that's what uh, we do. So we are partners Mm -hmm. um, in this. Thank you so Mm. much for joining Mm. us. My pleasure. um, Today, you know, um, expect to hear from us even more, you know, because this, (laughs) this, this, this is working. You know, and it's 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 happening. You know, one person at a time, one group at a time. Mm-hmm. But we see a lot of fruit um, mm-hmm. from this work, and I think mm-hmm. that's what some of this resistance is about. When we look at um, some of the, the reverting back, is because there's a fear of a loss of power because right. people are more knowledgeable. We do have more access to information, and we are, um, you know, we are more convicted when we think about like, you know, we are just some of the basic biblical principles of um, loving your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. like that right there alone, just that statement, loving your neighbor as yourself. And it doesn't Mm -hmm. say which neighbor, Um, Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. things that are happening now should be very convicting um, Mm -hmm. to those of us that um, call ourselves um, um, Christians. And so Mm. um, I'm thankful for your voice. I'm thankful for Mm. all that you're doing um, on social media um, and using it for good. I always say that, you know, there's a lot of different ways to to use social media. And I see time and time again, people who are using social media for good to educate, Mm. um, to, to bring about restoration, to lift up, to empower. And I see that's what you're doing, Sharon. So thank Thank you you. so much, sister, for for Mm. being in this work and for using your voice and for Mm. speaking um, the truth um, and speaking facts. And Mm. even in the midst of fear of of what people will say, um, comments people will make, that you're still going to speak the truth. And I think Mm. that's the thing. We have to keep going we cannot give up. We got to keep mm-hmm. pressing, keep pressing, keep pressing. I keep thinking about this. This keeps coming to mind that Harriet Tubman um, kept returning to the South. And, you know, and, I, and I'm thinking in my, my head, I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Once I had tasted freedom, I don't know if I could have gone back. But that means that enslavement was so horrifying that she was willing to risk her life mm-hmm. time and time again for the freedom of, of, of mm. others. And so mm-hmm. we have to keep going. Um, you know, this, this gun um, violence, all of that is, these are tough things that we're having to deal with in our society, but we have to keep speaking the truth and keep mm-hmm. pressing and keep pushing 
and mm. keep pressing and keep mm. pushing mm-hmm. each and every day. So thank you so mm. much for joining me. Thank you. And it was a pleasure to have you here mm. on the Be The Likewise. Bridge podcast. Mm. And we're going to have, everything is going to be in show notes. So those of you who are listening, if this is your first time, of hearing um, Sharon McMahon. Um, we're going to have all her information. You want to follow her on the social, Instagram, um, all of these things that you can take notes and teach it to your mm. children and make sure that even as people are limiting um, history that is being taught, that you as a parent, you as an auntie, you as a grandparent, you as a friend or a neighbor can make sure that the children in your life, the people in your life have access to um, factual historical information. Um, and so thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Go to the donors table if you'd like to hear the unedited version of this podcast. Thanks for listening to the Be The Bridge podcast. To find out more about the Be The Bridge organization and or to become a bridge builder in your community, go to bethebridge.com. Again, that's bethebridge.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, remember to rate and review it on this platform and share it with as many people as you possibly can. You can also connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Today's show was edited, recorded, and produced by Trayvon Potts at Integrated Entertainment Studios in Metro Atlanta, Georgia. The host and executive producer is Latasha Morrison. Lauren C. Brown is the senior producer. And transcribed by Sarah Conitzer. Please join us next time. This has been a Be The Bridge production.